Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you download our free Living Truth app. Now here's part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Ephesians 1, verses 7 through 8, called Redemption Through His Blood. From the Hebrew word kafar, which means to cover. So these pictures in the Old Testament, and Leviticus 16, verse 2 says, And the Lord said to Moses, Tell your brother Aaron, he was the first high priest of Israel, that he shall not enter at any time into the holy place inside the veil before the mercy seat, which is on the ark, lest he die. For I will appear in the cloud over the mercy seat. Aaron shall enter the holy place with this, with a bull for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering, Leviticus 16.4. He shall put on the holy linen tunic and the linen undergarments, that may be where the Mormons got it, shall be next to his body, and he shall be girded with a linen sash and attired with a linen turban. These are the holy garments. Then he shall bathe his body in water and put them on. And he shall take from the congregation of the sons of Israel two male goats, for a sin offering and one ram for a burnt offering. Then Aaron shall offer the bull for the sin offering, verse 6, which is for himself, that he may make atonement for himself and for his household. He shall take the two goats and present them before the Lord at the doorway of the tent of meeting. And Aaron shall cast lot for the two goats, one lot for the Lord and the other lot for what? The scapegoat. Now, it's, isn't it amazing that so many words that people come up with in our culture are biblical ideas? The idea of a scapegoat is from the book of Leviticus. You know, when people talk about a scapegoat, they mean the one that's going to get blamed for what went wrong. Well, that's the idea here. Then Aaron shall offer the goat on which the lot for the Lord fell and make it a sin offering. That one has to die. But the goat on which the lot for the scapegoat fell, ten, shall be presented alive before the Lord to make atonement upon it and to send it into the wilderness as the scapegoat. Now, let's, for the sake of time, skip down to verse 20. When he finishes atoning for the holy place and the tent of meeting and the altar, he shall offer the live goat. Then Aaron shall lay both of his hands on the head of the live goat and confess over it all the iniquities of the sons of Israel all their transgressions in regard to all their sins, and he shall lay them on the head of the goat and send it away into the wilderness by the hand of a man who stands in readiness. And the goat shall bear on itself all their iniquities to a solitary land, and he shall release the goat in the wilderness. Now the idea of forgiveness in Ephesians 1.7, aphesis, means to send away. And what we have is scapegoat imagery. And here's the picture. The high priest confesses the sins of the nation upon the head of the scapegoat. And the scapegoat is sent away, carrying with it all the sins of the people. Now, God says, as far as the east is from the west, so far have I removed their transgression their sins from them. 
He has buried our transgression in the depths of the sea. I think this is Micah 7.19. I'm paraphrasing. And I think Corey Tim Boom said this, and he's posted a no fishing sign there. Aren't you happy about that? He has buried our sins. He has taken them away. Now, they, I was listening to a, a Messianic pastor, and he said they discovered a problem with the scapegoat. They said this, the scapegoat would go off in the ceremony, and the scapegoat would turn around and come back, kind of like your lost dog or cat. Now, when I was growing up, my mom used to take, this is a confession about my mother, she would take cats on a one-way ride. See the cat on the side of the road, hitchhiking. Anyway, at least that's a story about her, but we won't go there. Strike that from the record. Anyway, so, but what happened was, you know, I'll say, you got to pray for, pray for Dolores. Hope you're not listening, Mom. Anyway, so the goat would come back, okay? And they'd say, oh, no, the goat's coming back carrying what? All our sins. No. Can you imagine that? I'm forgiven, yeah. And all of a sudden, back comes the thing, right? You ever feel that way about your sins? God says, as far as the east is from the west, that's pretty far. But do you ever feel like sometimes that old devil wants to bring the goat back? You're like, I thought that was dealt with. Oh, it was. But the enemy tries to condemn you with those sins that have been carried away. So what they did in these ancient times to assure that the scapegoat would not return is they would take it and throw it off a cliff. And the scapegoat was flat on the bottom. And that would ensure that he would not come back with the sins of the people. So that was one way to resolve scapegoat problem. In Nazareth, Jesus went into his hometown and he began to preach. And the people got angry when he began to talk about God working in the lives of Gentiles and how sometimes he worked in the lives of Gentiles without working in the life of the, the Jewish nation. And the people loved him at first and then they became angry and they took Jesus to the brow of a cliff. And they were intending to throw him off the cliff. Now think of this. Jesus is the scapegoat. Their intention was to throw him off the cliff, perfectly symbolizing what they did with the scapegoat. And of course, it was not Jesus' time, so he simply passed by. I don't know how he did it, but... He had the power to do that. He was always on God's calendar. Jesus Christ, because of the redemption that he has paid for us, has carried our sins away. You and I are forgiven. We are forgiven people. So in him we have redemption through his blood. We've been purchased. We've been bought. Can, is there anything that the blood of Christ can't pay for? His perfect life, his sacrificial death. Is there a sin that his blood can't atone for? I'm talking about if you're in Christ now. I'm not talking about the sin of unbelief. I'm talking about if you're in Christ. Is there a sin that you could commit that the blood of Christ is not sufficient to pay for? And the answer should be emphatically, no. And that, my friends, my brothers and sisters, is why you are secure. Because the price has been paid in full. And Jesus from the cross said, it is finished. Now I have a friend, Dr. Green, who loves to study the Hebrew picture language. He sent me some notes on 
redemption in the midst of exile. He says, what does it mean to be in exile? He looked this up in Webster's Dictionary. It's a state or period of forced absence from one's country or home. Exile, uh, Israel and us, it's an unnatural state, tightness, restriction, bondage, or servitude. And he began to lay out the Hebrew words. And for the sake of time, and because he's more the expert, uh, I will say this. The word redeem is the Aleph, God, in the midst of exile. And what it shows is letters that speak of exile and the Aleph, the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, is in the middle. And when God's in the middle of exile, then we are redeemed. To be redeemed means to lift up God. It's the opposite of pride, by the way. Pride is to lift up self. To be redeemed is to lift up God, which means you have to humble yourself in order to be redeemed. He says there's a word uh, in Hebrew that means it comes back around. And the picture of the Hebrew people, the Jewish people, is that they've just been going around and around waiting for redemption. And in Hebrew, the word uh, Golgotha means the experience of the exile comes to an end. And at Golgotha, Jesus died on the cross. Golgotha is the place of the skull. In Hebrew, Golgotha means the experience of the exile comes to an end. Or in other words, it is finished. The Bible is amazing. See, this is the picture that God's been painting. He painted it with the Egyptian bondage. Through him, Hebrews 9. Let's go there for a second. Go to the book of Hebrews 9. Through him, through Christ, we have this redemption. Look at Hebrews 9, verse 11. But when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things to come, Hebrews 9, 11, he entered through a, the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this creation. And not through, Hebrews 9, 12, the blood of goats and calves, but through his own blood, he entered the holy place, how often? Once for all, having obtained, notice these two words, eternal redemption. That's what we have. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer, sprinkling those who have been defiled, sanctify for the cleansing of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, Hebrews 9.14, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Jesus said it this way, for this is my blood of the new covenant which is shed for many for the what? Remission of sins. Now go to Romans 3. We're almost done. Romans 3. Look at verse 23. Romans 3, 23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3, 24. Being justified as a gift by his grace through the, see the word there? Redemption is the same word as Ephesians 1.7, so you might want to note that. Being justified, Romans 3.24, as a what? Gift by what? His grace through the redemption, same word as Ephesians 1.7, which is in Christ Jesus. This is how God confirmed it. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. 
Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Michael Lance says it at the end of each week, get to church. Fellowship is important. If you live in Southern California, make sure you visit the church Pastor Michael has the honor of serving as senior pastor. Living Truth Christian Fellowship is in the city of Corona on 1009 Arsenal Way. You can learn more about the church on walkintruth.com. If you listen to Walk in Truth and you're nowhere near Southern California, Pastor Michael would ask that you make an effort to get into fellowship. Being alone is needed sometimes, but it's not the way the Lord would have you live. Pastor Michael and the whole Walk in Truth team pray you get to church this week. And learn more about Pastor Michael Lance, the mission of Walk in Truth, and our church at walkintruth.com. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. Who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, Cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Jesus said it this way, For this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the what? Remission of sins. Now go to Romans 3. We're almost done. Romans 3. Look at verse 23. Romans 3, 23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, Romans 3.24 Being justified as a gift by His grace through the... See the word there? Redemption is the same word as Ephesians 1.7, so you might want to note that. Being justified, Romans 3.24 As a what? Gift by what? His grace through the redemption, same word, as Ephesians 1.7, which is in Christ Jesus. This is how God confirmed it. Whom God displayed publicly as a propitiation. Now you remember the scene from Leviticus 16 with the mercy seat? And Aaron could only go into the Holy of Holies, how many times? Once a year, on the Day of Atonement, and that not without blood, and he had to atone for it. And he would sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat. The word for propitiation in he, uh, Romans 3.25 is hilasterion, and it means the seat of mercy, or more specifically, the mercy seat. See, Christ Jesus is our mercy seat. And the mercy seat sat above the ark. The ark had the Ten Commandments in it, and the Ten Commandments are always testifying of our sin. Without the, the law, there would be no sin, but the law brings the knowledge of sin, right? Without the law, I would have not even known what sin was, but, but sin brought the law, uh, the, the reality, or the law brought the, the reality of sin to light. And God displayed Jesus publicly as a propitiation, that means <clears throat> and a satisfaction, an appeasement of his holiness in his blood, that's the payment, through what? Faith. This was to demonstrate his righteousness. Because in the forbearance of God, he passed over the sins previously committed. In Christ, he passes over our sins. Look at that language. He passed over. Think of the Exodus when they left Egypt. Jesus Christ 
is our mercy seat. And we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Now we're going to finish it in Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1. And I should say about sin, um, there's sin without the law, but the law brings sin to light. So let's, let's keep that clear. I would have not known what sin was except through the law. My sins are completely washed away in Jesus. To what extent? In him I have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses. Verse 7, Ephesians 1, according to what? The riches of his grace. Now it doesn't say from the riches of his grace. Some uh, writers have commented that when people give from their riches, they can give a portion of their riches. If you're super rich and you give somebody $1,000, it's not that much. But Jesus doesn't give from his riches. He gives according to his riches. He gives freely. He bestows upon us lavishly. Verse 8, which he lavished upon us, notice, in all wisdom and insight. Now, we'll get to the more practical next time, but I want to finish with verse 8. In all wisdom and insight. What follows in verse 8 from verse 7 are the byproducts or attendant blessings of our redemption. I can, because of my redemption in Christ, properly navigate this current time as I see myself as a sojourner on this planet because I'm already seated with Christ in heavenly places. And one of the benefits of my redemption is I have verse 8. What do I have? All wisdom and what? Insight. You can have intellectual degrees, PhDs. Those can be wonderful. Education can be a great thing. But the wisest people walking the planet, the healthiest people spiritually, emotionally, and otherwise, are Christians. You know why? I know why I'm here. I know why I'm dying. I know how to be free of guilt and a guilty conscience. I know my sins have been paid for in full, and I know where I'm going. Are those the big questions of life? Those are the questions that people are going to seminars for or staying up on late night television for the bargain price of $99.99. You can rent these 12, not rent them, you can buy these 12 videos, and I'll tell you how to get happiness and inner peace and forget it. Or you go to the, the shrink and the shrink says, you shouldn't feel guilty. But I do. But you shouldn't. Well, what do I do for my guilt? Or it's like the guy who went to the psychiatrist. This is a story I read years ago. And he says, Doc, I'm so depressed. I'm having this terrible time. And, and I, I'm just, days and weeks of depression. I feel horrible. A dark cloud is over me. And the doctor says, you should meet this guy named such and such. He's the, the partier of the town. He's the life of the town. Hang around this guy. He's, he's happy-go-lucky. He's great. And the guy responds, I am that guy. What do I do now? Or as Greg Laurie has put it before, the reason you feel guilty is because you are. Now, there's such a thing as false guilt. We don't want to mess with false guilt. False guilt is a waste of time. Okay, But true guilt, if you did something wrong, you feel guilty because God put that into your conscience. 
so that your guilt over what you've done would drive you to the Savior. And you would have a clear conscience knowing that he paid your price and pardoned you. And pardoning mercy is the most prized possession in all the world. And you and I have got it. And it's the most prized possession in all the world. And now I can navigate my life, verse 8, in all wisdom and insight. Oh, I have my struggles at times. And yeah, my fleshly lusts sometimes wage war against my spirit. And the spirit wages war against the flesh. But you know what? The victory is already won. That's what Ephesians is all about. That's why Paul's breaking into song, chained to a Roman guard. He said, every spiritual blessing is yours in Christ Jesus. Nothing can ever separate you from this love. Praise God. It's our blessed hope. We've been redeemed. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You've been listening to Redemption Through His Blood, Part 3 on Walk in Truth. And that was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Ephesians 1, verses 7 and 8. Remember, if you missed any part of today's program, you could listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Pastor Michael would like you to mark your calendar for August 22nd for our next 633 event. More details to come, and we're very excited to let you know who our next guest speaker will be. But for now, remember August 22nd. Our 633 apologetic events are free for you to attend, both in person and on our live stream. We open the floor so you can ask questions too. So if you've not seen one of our 633 events, you can watch previous ones on walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael. Well, what does it mean to have redemption through Christ's blood? The verse tells us it's the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. You see, redemption means to be purchased out of the slave market of sin. We were slaves of sin. Jesus came and bought us back. He purchased us out of that slave market. He set us free from the penalty of sin and death, the consequences of our sin. What we deserve is death. The wages of sin is death, Romans 6.23. But here's the amazing thing. The free gift of eternal life is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. It's a free gift. He paid it. We receive it. And we're redeemed. What a glorious gospel we get to enjoy and to share. Well, this is Walk in Truth, and this is Pastor Michael Lance, and we're going through the book of Ephesians right now. And we're excited for the next teaching because we have called it Signed, Sealed, and Delivered, and it's in Ephesians 1 9 through 14. But I do want to say at this point, if you haven't experienced that redemption in Jesus Christ, if you don't know that you are redeemed, purchased out of that slave market. You see, if you haven't been, if you haven't received that gift, then you're still a slave to sin and its consequences. And that's not where you want to be. You want to be free. And Jesus comes to open the prison doors and set us free. You may say, Pastor Michael, well, how do I do that? Maybe you're brand new to even considering these things. What do I do? Maybe you don't even know these words. Well, just think of redemption as being bought with a price. And think of the way that you receive that is you have to make it your own. If someone said, I have a free gift for you, the way that you receive the gift is you've got to make it your own. 
You've got to take what's offered to you. And the way you do that is through opening your heart in a time of prayer and a commitment, repenting of your sin and receiving that redemption through Jesus Christ. And if you're not sure that you're saved, make sure you are. You know, we don't know what a day is going to bring, but salvation is for today. And so something like this, Lord Jesus, would you save me? I believe in who you are, what you did. I believe that you're the Redeemer. I believe in your death on the cross for me and your resurrection from the dead. And I repent of my sin and I trust in you. Be my King, my God, my Savior, my Lord. You know, the gospel is so beautifully simple that if you do that, you're born again. You confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. You believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. Ask the Lord to save you. Ask him to fill you with his Holy Spirit. Get into a good Bible teaching church. And if you need help with that, call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. We'd be happy to help you. God bless you. We'll see you, Lord willing, right here tomorrow. And one more reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Thanks to listeners and church partners like you, we're now on three more radio stations. So praise God. Hey, if you're a longtime listener, please become a partner of at least $5 a month. You can visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Ephesians 1, verses 9 through 14, called signed, sealed, and delivered. I'm Mike Massaro. Hey, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.